One does not simply walk into geekdom. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. You're a nerd. Damn right. I'm a nerd. Naturally. All things geek are up for grabs. Music. Skits, comedy, or sitcoms. Dr. Who. I love Tim. Hurt. The Flash. Green Lantern. The Trinity. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. The Joker. Wait a minute. I want to talk about the Joker. Star Wars. Love me some Star Wars. Magic. I'm an art guy. Paranormal. Halloween is life. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Junior Ambassadors, Nerd Nerdettes of all ages, welcome back to the Nerd Eye Nations podcast. Finally coming back live after, I believe, since well, we had our live video a couple weeks ago on Facebook because our failed episode to upload was uh, our favorite feel-good movies, but we haven't had an actual episode since March when we talked about the Ninja Turtles. But as you can tell from the title, today we're talking about Beetlejuice. Of course, I cannot do this alone. I have my co-host from the Great White North of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Can't complain. <laughs> how are you, Jared? Well, I'm hanging in there. I'm glad the curfew's finally done here down in Davenport. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, that was a long week for that I was 12 years old again. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and Melissa, are you ready to talk some Beetlejuice? Uh, heck yeah. All right. Hey, I, I got us some very special guests today for this one. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, guys, I want to welcome Robert and Inthia from the Pods and Monsters podcast. Guys, thanks for joining us, talking about some Beetlejuice. Hello. Hello. We're glad to be here. Yeah. We're glad to have you. Kind of exciting. <laughs> Excited to talk Beetlejuice. I do mm-hmm. love it. A lot, so... <laughs> It was, you well, know, I was talking. I've been talking to Robert. I wanted to get you guys on for our, our Killer Clowns episode, but uh, sounds like you guys aren't too familiar with that movie. So, like, I talk, started spitballing with Robert, and I threw up ten movies out of Robert. Like, what about these ones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Killer Clowns. Uh, I probably saw once when I was a kid, but um, I don't re- really remember much about it except for the maze that they had at Universal Studios last year. Yeah, at yeah. Universal Hollywood, or they did it both coasts. Anywho, yeah. and then I watched yeah. it right before, but so I've only seen it really once, and I was like, I don't know too much about this. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's a great movie, but so is this one. I think 1988 was like a year for amazing movies. That's right. You also got Halloween oh, Four: uh, The Return of Michael Myers. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. And Bill and Ted's excellent. Well, Daniel adventure. Daniel Harris is pretty good in that one. Yeah, yeah, and we're getting another one of those this year, too. Oh, I'm excited for that. I am, too. And uh, 
one thing I was going to mention earlier, later on the show is uh, Robert Goulet had a hell of a year in 1988. He was in both this and Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in Scrooge. <laughs> well, he's only in it probably, what, two seconds because he's a, what an advertisement for his, what, Bayou Christmas special or whatever it is. Or <laughs> Christmas on the Bayou. <laughs> Scrooge used to scare me so much when I was a kid. Some scary stuff in there. Well, I didn't see that one until I was much older. But um, <laughs> I watch it every Christmas now. I just listened to, uh, what's her name? Is it Carol King? Carol, yeah. uh, I listened to her on a podcast. She was talking about being in Scrooge. And everybody wants to ask her about Andy Kaufman, of course, because she was on Taxi back in the day. So Right. Yeah, I didn't know she had a podcast. Oh, she was on uh, Chris Hardwick's ID10T oh. podcast. Oh, okay. Formerly Nerdist, but I'd listen to her on a podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah, I like Carol Kane. I just watched her. She was in, oh. So we've been watching a lot of Adam Driver movies lately. Why you got to call me out like that? <laughs> <laughs> and... We watched uh, a zombie, the zombie movie he was in with Bill Murray. What is it called? The again? Dead Don't Die. The Dead Don't Die. Carol Kane has a small role in that. Oh, yeah, also... I've heard about that one. Was she in Girls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, The Dead Don't Die is is not good. <laughs> I hate to say. I didn't. I felt when it was over, I felt like maybe I was too dumb to understand what I had just watched. <laughs> I like seriously. I was like, I don't. What? It, it, someone needs to talk to me about this. And everyone that I've talked to is like, it was not good. I'm like, okay, cool. Kind of, kind of cemented that opinion of the movie. Eh? Like, just okay. I wasn't stupid if the movie was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, I had to buy it. I couldn't rent it. So I'm really excited that I own this movie that I literally never <laughs> plan to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the worst, honestly, because, like, I have, like, up here in Canada, I seem to have the heck of a time trying to find different movies based on, like, availability or, oh, it's not available in your country. It's like, <sighs> so when I do find it, a lot of the times I have to pay for it. So it's like, fingers crossed, I like the movie because I don't feel so bad for buying it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so far I've been I've been lucky. There was one movie that... I can't remember the name of it. Was, I bought and I was like, I'm not sure. But then I ended up liking it. So I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> I'm happy to own it. <laughs> good, good. At least it's digital, so I can just skim past it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll haunt me forever. <laughs> I don't like that with Cedar Chucky. I only own Cedar Chucky as a completionist. I will hold on. You have all the Chucky movies. I never watch it, but <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the movie's terrible. <laughs> well, uh, their, her conversation with about Dead Don't Die sounds like our conversation about the Girl on the Third Floor. Oh, yeah. We just both watched. I don't know that one. <laughs> Well, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and uh, CM Punk was one of my favorites when he was around. Uh-huh. And I listened to him on ID10T, and he was promoting that movie. And I had heard about it, and I heard it wasn't very good either. But we'll go Phil Bro- uh, CM Punk's in it, so I'll give it a watch. And I guess the word to describe it is interesting. It, it's on Netflix. Oh. And uh, 
I'd re- if you have it, I'd recommend giving it a watch. But I, it, you're in for a hell of a roller coaster ride. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something else. Like I, I think I told him, I was like I I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm not sure what I think about it. <laughs> In this like purgatory of emotion, trying to figure out what's going on with the movie. <laughs> yeah, I had her watching. I had one of my friends watching. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, it was like just. It was interesting because it like they call it when I looked it up to look like the movie description, and I it's, it was like horror and I think like suspense or psychological thriller. And it wasn't so much horror, it was more that psychological thing. And so it was kind of interesting that way, and it doesn't take you on a straight path. It sort of leads you that, and then like, well, we're just going to go down this way, and then we're going to go this way, and there's a few parts of it that doesn't really make any sense, but it's still an interesting movie to watch. So yeah, I definitely, and I'd recommend it, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. we're gonna watch it and like we're never talking to these people again <laughs> she'll probably watch it while I'm working and I'll catch it in the background <laughs> I got time might as well <laughs> well speaking of haunted houses I think we should talk about a little haunted house in Winter River, Connecticut uh, 1988 seminal classic Beetlejuice Tim Burton classic, Beetlejuice, whatever you want to call it. Um, when was the first time you guys watched Beetlejuice? Let's start with Robert and Anthea. Uh, probably 1988, I would guess. Uh, I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or not. I would have been four when that came out. But, you know, my... My mom used to take me, and my grandma used to take me to all different types of movies, all monster movies and all that stuff. And I remember having the toys, which came out uh, in 89 or 90. And, and I remember it came to HBO, like around 89 or 90, and I recorded it on TV, and I watched it all the time. So I just always remember it being there, and I've always loved it. It's it's in my top five Tim Burton movies. It's not my favorite. My favorite is Ed Wood, but that's a good one. Beetlejuice is in the top five. Uh, short answer. It's just always kind of been there. Um, I think for me, and I I'm pretty sure my mom took me to go see it in the theater because she would take me to go see everything. Um, but I just feel like it's just always been there, and we also had the HBOs early on so probably and i remember being on the disney channel which is very interesting now as an adult watching it and being like this was on the disney channel (laughs) well i was looking up some information about that do you remember how old you were when you saw it on the disney channel no well i think it came in the mid to late 90s to the disney channel but they had some alternate takes and obviously cuts uh to make it more kid-friendly Mm. Oh, they couldn't just <laughs> keep certain lines in, certain gestures. Like, like nice epic model, honk honk. <laughs> that, you, you, you can swear. You can swear in here if you want. We don't care. So that's I, the one line you got to keep, man. That's true. 
<laughs> you know, when I watched that, when I watched that scene on, you know, regular TV, uh, they cut it right after he kicks the tree down and then it cuts mm-hmm. to the next scene, which it perfectly fits because he kicks it and then there's an insert shot of him saying that line and then there's a shot of Adam uh, putting the tree up. So it's so easy to cut out. I feel like they did that on purpose so they could get rid of it if they had to, if they somehow got beyond a PG rating, which I don't know how you say the F word and get a PG rating in there. <laughs> because 88, they stole it. They, I think 88, the uh, PG 13 was just starting. Yeah, I think, I think that started. Is in, I think it started in 84, PG 13. I think uh, Indiana oh. Jones and the Temple of Doom was like the big catalyst that that yeah. brought PG-13 uh, uh, into being. Yeah, I was going to say that. I actually... Grim- Gremlins was too. Gremlins was too, I think. Yeah, I think both of those. Mm-hmm. So how about you guys? Go ahead, Melissa. Uh, I saw it when, in around, like, what what was it, like, 2003, so I was, like, 11, and uh, I think my, I'm not sure if my dad recorded it on VHS from TVO, TV Ontario, or I saw it on there, like, on TV, I'm not sure, but, yeah, I was introduced to it, and, and, uh, I loved it, like, you know, everything about it, and, and it has always... Like, I didn't know about it until seeing it. So, and now it's just kind of, you know, always been in my life because I just, I love the movie and I've seen it, you know, so many times. And um, it was definitely a different, a different movie. It was quirky. It was fun. It was just, you know, it was so good. And I think that was, I was actually thinking about this before that I think that was Beetlejuice was probably my first introduction to like Tim Burton, so that oh, yeah. kicked down the door for Tim Burton <laughs> and his world. So that was pretty cool. And how about you? And my answer is going to be the same as you guys. Uh, it's always been around. Uh, I'm, I'm about the same age as you guys. I was born in '84, so I would have been like four when. So I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I don't know, maybe my first early memory might be the cartoon actually. Watching that in uh, 89, 90. Yeah. Got the first season on DVD still. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, probably, I, I probably saw it when I was like 9 or 10. Do you remember uh, Burger King came out with toys for Beetlejuice? The cartoon? They were, they were mm. like these three, three to four inch rubber toys. And I really liked them. I don't have any left, but I still have some of the action figures. My favorite was the uh, was the Alec Baldwin action figure. For some reason, they gave for some reason they gave him a red hat, and his head. He also came with a mask that would that would be the long nose with the hand through his head, and then he also had this effect where his head could slide down his arm. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> If it came in a Burger King Happy Meal, you can't beat the price, I guess. So, I, don't remember, I don't remember those. I, I I remember very few Burger King toys. But, uh, I remember more McDonald's ones for some reason, but I don't remember the Burger King ones at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, McDonald's is the more popular ones, but I'm pretty sure this one was Burger King. 
Not sure. They saw those rights all over the place. Yeah. Hard to keep them all straight. Mm. Absolutely. I do like it. Ed Wood, that's a... Uh, that's a good uh, pull right there. I have that one. I, I, that's a very underrated Tim Burton classic, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's by far his best movie. I I just love it so much. And, you know, it's being such a huge monster fan, it's great seeing Bela Lugosi come back to life. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> but, uh, good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny, with Tim Burton, there's probably about six or seven that I absolutely love. They're like some of my favorite movies but then there's just as many that i don't care for at all mm. so i i'm not a pure tim burton fan where i'll love every single thing he does yeah how about you huh how about you Anthea? uh yeah i guess same i know you really love planet of the apes no i don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> i love the original planet of the apes <laughs> original tim burton what do you guys think is the best tim burton movie oh <laughs> You know what? Nightmare Before Christmas. I I absolutely love that. It's it's flawless. It's and it's so Tim Burton and just how like you know he's he's got his his world that he's created and it's so quirky and and I just yeah I I didn't actually I saw that one yeah not long after I saw like Beetlejuice and it was another one that I I absolutely loved and it's just it's you know an amazing you know, beginning, middle, end, and it doesn't set up for anything else. Like, it's just, that's the story, and it's just so good. You've got your memorable characters, and, you know, um, yeah, that one's, yeah, the, uh, probably the best one, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. is so Tim Burton-y, and mm -hmm. he didn't even direct that one. He just produced it and yeah. wrote it. Mm-hmm. Still so good though. Seen... Uh, that, I, copy and paste for me. I love that one. Yeah. Have you guys seen the? Um, I don't know if you guys ever make it out to California and see the Haunted Mansion Holiday at Disneyland, where it gets like a whole overlay of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I've, I've seen it on my DVD on the special features. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's on my uh, bucket list. Ever if I ever make it to Disney, if I can ever afford to make it to Disney, it's the first stop is on the mansion if i go between was it october and january is when they do it usually yeah, pretty much. or actually uh, september yeah, probably september to january yeah. yeah yeah it's it's great i mean i i can't say that it's better than the regular haunted mansion because i love that version but i love this version as well too mm -hmm. it's my favorite it's <laughs> wonderful and my face hurts from smiling the entire time because I'm just so happy and then the gingerbread house in the middle of the ballroom scene changes every single year and you can um, and it's fresh gingerbread that. and you can smell it in uh, I mean I'm sure they pump in smells but it's just it just makes me so incredibly happy because mm. I don't know it just oh I love it so much and I'm really kind of bummed that we might not see it this year oh that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Live to see it another year. 
Uh, well, I'll have to start saving money to head out there. I listen to a lot of theme park podcasts, and I live vicariously through all these other people. <laughs> oh, I want to go to the Honda Mansion so bad. Yeah, we have we have a Disney podcast, which it's on a break right now. We haven't done a new episode in about a year, I suppose. But that one's called Remain Seated, Please. And it's all about Disney theme parks. Cool. Yeah. Look, I'll find the catch up in the back catalog of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Add to my never ending list. So just jump in, start talking about the movie. So if you haven't seen Beetlejuice, shame on you, first of all. Movie's been around what 32 years now at this point. Uh, it is a classic. Um, it's the story of cute, adorable couple, the Maitlands, played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Uh what the, when I was rewatching the other night, they they die fairly quick into this movie. Like what, eight minutes, twenty seconds in, they're dead quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't see so that very often. Seeing, I don't think anymore. Yeah, it's so funny seeing Alec Baldwin in the eighties. He looks nothing like that anymore. No, he, it's like all. he's he's morphed into somebody else now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the entire Baldwin family. That's true. They're all very different. <laughs> Age has been a tricky mistress with these fans. <laughs> you know, when I was when I was a kid, I uh, I went to the park near my house. That was a few blocks away, and I was I was probably about ten years old. And there was another kid in there, and it was Alec Baldwin's kid. And Alec Baldwin came over and was talking with us, and. And we were hanging out with them for a while. And I just remember, I was so impressed with how nice he was and how good of a guy he was. And even though I was 10 years old, but it, it stuck in my mind. And then you heard that little voicemail that he left his daughter. Yeah, well, we all have our bad days, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then Twitter happened and then the rest of the reputation went downhill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Maitland's meet an untimely death off uh, Gina Davis's erratic driving off the, the bridge. <laughs> well, it was, you know, watching it again, I feel like it was more Adam grabbing the wheel and causing her to, to crash into the, <laughs> to the uh, bridge. Yeah, because he well, was, was like, the, dog, the dog was on the bridge, and then he's like, oh, wait, like, kind of reacted and then she reacted and then it was like okay then they break through the bridge yeah so yeah i think it was a mixture really? of a whole bunch of things at once was <laughs> <laughs> just in the heat of the moment but nobody thought to hit the brakes first <laughs> Four swerving i guess uh... let's just crash through the bridge that's a good idea <laughs> When they show the crash of it falling down, it goes about, what, 10, 15 feet. I always imagine, like, I wonder, is it that hard to open a door underwater? Right? I thought about that, too. It must be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is, but I don't know. I feel like maybe they could have survived that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I don't know, unless... 
know. Unless Locke suddenly seized or something and he can't get out, but uh, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> well, these are just, I think it's like the pressure that builds up on it, isn't it? Like the pressure that builds up on the windows or on the doors or... Yeah. And I'm sure the seatbelts lock up. But they also, well, they also had the the window down. Mm, because remember, he leans out to tell the dog not to jump out, not to jump off the, the plank. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But if they didn't die, we wouldn't have a movie. That's right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It would just be a movie about them being harassed by their friend who's constantly trying to sell their house. Yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Who likes to dress her daughter just like her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I can't stand that character. She's so annoying. Jane. Oh, she is. She's just... Oh, like, she's that overly kind of sweet person, but the annoyingly sweet, where it's just like, oh, would you just go away, lady? Like She's, she's not that sweet, though, because she just wants them to move out so she can sell their house to make a profit. She doesn't care about yeah. that. Well, that's exactly it. Like she's she's got that sort of demeanor, but inside it's like, no, I'm gonna sell your house and make money, and that's it. Like it's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's yeah. proud of it. She decorated it herself, so if really needed any advice. <laughs> Single-handedly <laughs> decorated the house. <laughs> oh, oh, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have her decorate your house, or would you rather have Ortho decorate your house? Oh, I'd rather have him decorate any day, yeah. even if my house just looks. Really? He's just like he just sprays that weird like stucco that's gray, and it looks like. Uh, I, I yeah, that's fine. Well, I, I will say uh, <laughs> Adam's old office that becomes Jeffrey Jones's office. I like how that one looks, where all the yeah, that's like, cool. yeah, that's nice. bird watching books are, and mm-hmm. it's just that wallpaper. There's a there's a story that I read in high school. I don't remember. It's a gothic novel not novel a little novella and this woman is in the attic that they put her in and there's yellow wallpaper and she slowly goes crazy and starts peeling it up and at the end of the story she crawls into the wallpaper in between the wall and the wallpaper and that's all i can think of when i, when I look at the wallpaper in the attic house. i'm like oh by the end of this movie i'll be living in the wallpaper <laughs> well, I guess the Maitlands didn't care for it so much either because uh, for their anniversary present, uh, Gina Davis got some wallpaper that she was going to do, right? Or at least enough for the guest room. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't seem like enough. Like one roll, like, God, I've never wallpapered anything, but it doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, it does. <laughs> to do one room. That's just to get her started. <laughs> <laughs> might, might be good for like maybe half the wall and then yeah, just <laughs> need another roll. <laughs> it's just like it's not even that big of a roll either. It's almost like like Christmas wrapping paper size. So it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe Adam was hoping that she would just wallpaper a, a model house for him instead. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Cut out little pieces and stick it. <laughs> That seems awful. Go. Tediously awful. <laughs> <laughs> it already makes me anxious just thinking of wallpapering a tiny oh, house. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
You know those like, guys yeah, that have looking through building ships? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe Gina Davis has a more delicate touch than we do. So I got these huge ass monster hands and I tried to put together a Luke Skywalker uh, model a couple of weeks ago and it's like careful, careful. Yeah. I I can see her having the patience for that. Like she just seems to have that kind of demeanor. Like, yeah, she would take yeah. the time to like do that and, and have patience and whereas I would be like I'm done. <laughs> I'm walking yeah. away from this. <laughs> yeah. It's just me screaming at a little model <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No words. Just noises. <laughs> Flip the model over like a Monopoly board. <laughs> Entire thing. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going back to work. <laughs> the bottle that yeah. Adam makes, though, of the city is really neat. He's, it's a really great model. Oh, yeah. And I love how he made little wreaths for him and Barbara when they died in the cemetery. <laughs> well, he had, he had time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, did, he didn't like make one of like, the dog. Did he? <laughs> or he should have. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I, I love that he like comes in and he's like, I don't know where we should be in the cemetery. And he's like trying to figure out where their little <laughs> funeral should be. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, Adam, but you don't really have a say in that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after it was all over. Well, Beetlejuice got himself a nice spot. What was that? So at least Beetlejuice got a primo spot in the cemetery. He truly did. (laughs) I was telling Inthia last night that I used to have the the Beetlejuice grave action figure. Do you remember that one at all? Hmm. It was... It's the grave in the movie, and there's a big sign that says Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, pointing down. And what you do is you open the grave. It almost looks like a bed, but you open it up, and you put your little action figure, like a six-inch action figure of Beetlejuice in there. You close it up, and then you tilt the sign, and then you open it up again, and he's only about an inch tall. Because Mm -hmm. uh, when you tilt the sign, it it opens up another compartment where they give you a, a minifigure. So, oh, nice. magic trick. <laughs> nice. I still have the little figure. I don't remember that one at all. I'm not sure if I have the grave. It might be at my parents' house. <laughs> I do have some of those. Was it the mini mates or mini mites? I got those of uh, Beetlejuice and Ortho when Toys R Us was going out of business out of here. Oh, yeah? Found those sitting on a shelf. And I have a rock candy of Lydia in her wedding dress. And then I have. Uh, Beetlejuice in his cab outfit of a Funko Pop of that. Oh, oh nice. nice. That's a good one, yeah. I used to have the uh, the action figure from the 80s or early 90s of him in the cab outfit. I always liked that outfit best on him. Mm-hmm. And then I had this... I, I'm not sure where it is. I still have it somewhere, but I have this great doll of him that's about 
I don't know, 18 inches tall and you pull the string and he says different phrases, but you could also wind up his head and then press the button and that spins really fast. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I'd pull the string so many times uh, and I would always wait for the one line where he says, it's showtime. And then that is when I press the button so his head can spin. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. 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 Best moment to do that. <laughs> Speaking of Beetlejuice, you know, apparently according to IMDB, you know, he's only in seventeen and a half minutes of this movie. Yeah, that's really how long is this movie total? It'd be more than an hour and a half, I think. Okay. Yeah, probably. Wow. Well, let's see. I got the DVD right here. Ugh. You didn't need to make <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 92 minutes. So, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, but he's only in 17 and a half minutes. But we always say in our show, take whatever you read on IMDb with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's true or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe it. He's, he's really not yeah. in it too much. No, he's not. Like, it's a lot of, like, the Maitlands and then, like, the Dietzes and sort of, like, you know, the the afterlife stuff. And then, yeah, then you have your scenes with him, but he's really not... He's kind of, like, the, I think the most time that he's actually in the movie is near the end is what he does. And so I can see that. But, yeah, he's really not in it, you know, like, the cemetery scene when they first meet him and then... He's in it, like, when he's always looking at, like, the newspaper, the obits and stuff. So, yeah, I could see that. He's not really in it all that much. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think the movie just flows so well that it flows so quickly that it just seems like he's in more of it. Yeah. The the movie's got a pretty good pace to it, so just maybe it seems like he's in a lot more of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It does. I was... Telling in the, uh, <laughs> speaking about the, the uh, cemetery scene, um, I love Alec Baldwin's outfit in this movie. And remember when Beetlejuice puts it on also and he says, Hermano. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was telling it. Yeah, Shove the same store. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, like at work, people wear that same exact outfit. And I'm like, <laughs> Do you know that you're dressed like Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice? <laughs> like it's, to, me, to me, it's such an iconic look. And oh, yeah. it's just a normal outfit for people. And I give people a hard time every time I see it. That'd be an outfit I want to find. <laughs> That's right up there with the gals who accidentally look like Han Solo. We went through that. Yeah, like women wear (laughs) leggings with the boots, and then they like wear thermals and like a a, a vest. And I'm like Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Every fall out here in the Midwest. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Han Solo season. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was on that. Yeah, I think there is, like, some kind of picture or something. Oh, it's Han Solo season, and you got all the girls in their vests and boots and stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's how I dress all through fall and into a bit of winter. Like, yeah. 
was like, yeah, that hits home. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a comfy outfit, so. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> I just got to make sure that I don't have any uh, dealings with Jabba the Hut, and we're good to go. <laughs> don't drop your cargo at the first sign of an Imperial Starship. You'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of the the Maitlands, uh, one thing I was sitting here watching the movie the other night is that I love a lot of these actors in this movie, but I think this has to be my favorite performances by all of them. Like I love Field of Dreams, but this is probably my favorite Gina Davis performance. I love Can't Jeffrey Jones, dreams. despite uh, or not Field of Dreams. I mean uh, League of Their Own. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. League of Their Own. Um, despite Jeffrey Jones's past that he's his trouble that he's gotten into in the last yeah. few years i still love him in this movie even though i love him in ed wood i like him in ferris bueller but i love him in this movie yeah love Catherine o'hara in this movie and same yeah, with uh winona Ryder. i love her in this movie too yeah everyone's great in that really yeah it's funny like you can't really like honestly like i can't really pick a favorite character because i love everybody like everybody's just so awesome in their own way and you know they're yeah you just it's kind of a rare thing because you know when you you watch a movie and you might like maybe one or two characters or more but you're not gonna like everybody there's always gonna be somebody that's like i don't like you i don't like you for you know whatever reason in the movie but this one it's like yeah, you love everybody. Like, everybody's so good. Yeah. And it even extends into uh, side characters and people you just see once or people who don't even talk. Just their mm-hmm. body language alone is just so good. But, yeah, yeah it's a really solid cast all the way through. Even, like, we don't like, what's her name, the real estate, like, the actual character. But that mm-hmm. woman plays this sickly sweet nosy neighbor so well and the look on her daughter's face I'm like I totally buy that that's your daughter <laughs> I get it yeah. I love all of them <laughs> yeah I don't yeah I don't hey, think we... I could pick a favorite either but if I was forced into it it could be Otho mm. <laughs> Otho is good mm-hmm. I like what he says blue green yeah. <laughs> he's like, last night he's like, listen, listen, listen. And I'm like, okay. And we get to that part where he says blue green. He's like, yeah, hey, you like that? And I'm like, he literally just said blue green. <laughs> and Robert's over there snapping his knee. He's just so happy. But then he says something like, something nitrous oxide. And he takes his break in. I dabbled in chemistry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We talked about in our live video that Tim Burton just has this way that he can bring out great performances in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the actors already themselves are already, you know, amazing, like that he has. But they just, they give it like 110% in, in his films. And it's just incredible. Like, it's obviously got to be a mixture of just like, 
you know, story or, <clears throat> you know, story and then just direction and maybe even like working with Tim Burton himself. Like, it's got to be a good working relationship that, you know, they can really put the effort in and it becomes amazing, you know. So well, I think a lot of people befriend him because, you know, he uses the same actors so often also. Mm -hmm. So. He obviously has good relationships with them. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of cool. And like, you know, yeah, he has his, his, like his regular people that he has in his movies, but I've never once found myself being like, oh, really them again? You love them. <laughs> like, you don't get tired of seeing them in, in his films. Like, it's just, they're so good in, in, in the films. And yeah, there's never once where you're like, oh, really? I don't want to really your face again <laughs> it's no i i really enjoy it like i think the only person i have thought of that is johnny depp <laughs> i was gonna but say it's that because too yeah he's the same person in literally everything he does <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that same exact thing because i love johnny depp in edward scissorhands ed wood and sleepy hollow mm. and corpse bride but uh not so much Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or um, uh, Dark Shadows. Oh, and I love them in Sweeney Todd, too. Oh, Sweeney Todd's great. That's not bad, then. If you can only name two of them. When you started saying it, I'm like, wait, he's been in way more than I, that I've enjoyed more than I have not enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a good sign. Yeah, it's pretty much like the first, what? Uh, five or six performances I like, but then it got to a point where I'm like, okay, you can get someone besides Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't. He literally cannot. Well, <laughs> he hasn't been in his last couple movies. He wasn't in Numbo. Actually, he did the uh, motion capture for Dumbo. Did he? That was Johnny Depp. <laughs> I thought those eyes on Dumbo looked familiar. <laughs> Looked into them, you're like, Johnny? Johnny? <laughs> we found somebody that wants to cover his face up. Disney wants to cover Depp's face up. <laughs> uh, I don't know who, who he would have played because I did like, as we talk about in uh, our Fuga movies, how much I loved Tim Burton's Dumbo. He only brought back uh, what Michael Keaton and uh, Dan DeVito and uh, Eva Green for that one. Yeah, Eva uh, Green. I think Eva yet, Green's actually. probably taking his ex-wife's place. Oh, yeah. it's, it, I know the the uh, the divide. There's like a divide on the Disney live action remakes. I've only seen Jungle Book and Dumbo, and I've really enjoyed Dumbo. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't really care for the live action remix so much, but I guess out of all of them, uh, I guess Jungle Book would be the best one. Does Alice in Wonderland count as a remake, right? Well, some, that's a sequel. Some people do, some people don't. I mean, it's called Alice in Wonderland, but it takes place after the events of, of the animated one. Mm. Yeah, her trying to remember her going back and everything. And mm -hmm. I will say though, I have never been filled with more rage at the, <laughs> than at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, when Johnny Depp does the futter whacking 
I forgot. That's another, <laughs> that's another Tim Burton movie of Johnny Depp that I don't And I was, like, going to burn down the movie theater. I was like, no one should see this. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's like, really? You had to? I don't want to watch him doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he, actually the character was okay up until that point. Yeah, everything was fine. It was a fun yeah. movie, and then he was bloop bloop bloop, and I was like, no. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people say how much they hate Alice in Wonderland, which I don't understand because it made over a billion dollars first of all, and I don't think it's that bad. I think it's kind of interesting, like. Mm. The one scene I that I always remember that I really like that is so Tim Burton is when they're trying to get to the Queen of Hearts castle and they have to jump on the severed heads or something. Mm-hmm. I like that. I haven't seen that one. I need to rewatch it, but I do. I took my sister to go see it when it came out. It was it 2011, 2012? Uh, I haven't really seen it much since then, but I need to go back and revisit. But I did enjoy it. I did think how Helena Bonham Carter's queen looked weird with the huge head and. Yeah, and, uh, the, I, the second one wasn't very good. No. That's what I've heard. Yeah, let's say it's all right, but it's not It's not the best. Yeah. Like, like the, it the ended, first... and I was like, okay. I was less angry at the end of that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> so that's a plus. <laughs> less, less arsony. <laughs> Intention to violence, so I was like, "Sweet, <laughs> good enough." <laughs> put that in the DVD box. I didn't feel like bringing the theater down after this one. <laughs> in quotes, intention to violence, Cynthia. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> well, so we're gonna be known as the podcast that cannot keep a straight thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> we will. We will 100% tangent. So apologies. <laughs> okay. Oh, we do that all the time. We brought a uh, guy Milks on from Please Rewind and uh, Real Fans Real Movies. Supposed to be talking about Mila Jovovich, and we just start talking about all kinds of other shit for two hours. <laughs> all kinds of other things. Like it was the first. The first hour was was talking about Mila, her movies. The second hour was like I don't even know <laughs> what we talked about, but it wasn't that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's like that on his other shows too they just get on a side tangent like you listen to their Please Rewind episode about Sin City and they go like a 20 minute side tangent about something else and Melissa and I did a Christmas episode back in December we ended up doing like a 20 minute side tangent about The Mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> yeah 20 minutes it was like oh right let's okay let's dial it back to what we were talking about oh yeah <laughs> I usually I usually cut out our tangents on pods and monsters, but make good content if we ever do a Patreon or something. Yeah. Cool. 
Maybe. I'm like, sometimes maybe. Hashtag something. release the tangent cut. <laughs> Do people need to hear the 20 minutes we tried to figure out without Googling what something was? <laughs> well, there was one when I was listening to your American Werewolf in London episode. Like, you guys forgot to mention Rick Mayles in American Werewolf in London. I don't even know who that is. Don't remind me. You ever watched uh, Drop Dead Fred? No. Like a million years uh, ago. Yeah, he's a he was a British actor. He was known for he was on a a, a show called uh, Young Ones back in like eighty oh. two. Yeah, he's in that. And this is a, the American World was like eighty one. But yeah, he's most I think he's most known for playing Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the guys playing chess in the bar or in the pub. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I usually I. If it's someone I recognize, I usually talk about them, or if it's like a main character. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's like sometimes with certain movies, there's so much stuff out there that you just kind of have to stop researching at some point, you know? And I mostly yeah. hear movies at this point because I'm writing notes. And so when something like pops out that I'm like, wait, I probably should have seen that. I'm like, you need to rewind it. But <laughs> I told them like the other day, he, we're trying to watch um, our next movie sooner rather than later. But I'm like, I don't want to take notes right now. I just want to sit and enjoy a movie and actually know what people look like. Because <laughs> then like the last few movies, we're watching, you know, all these universal movies. and there were what three characters in the last movie who I was a hundred percent sure were dead in the previous movie, but only cause I saw their face and I'm like, what are we watching? What is <laughs> happening here? Are we, you tricked me into watching the same movie twice. Like, <laughs> They're all played by Dwight Fry. <laughs> here I come. <laughs> 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 Those yeah. are good movies, though. Yes, yes, it is. Especially mm. this last one that was sixty-one minutes long, but twenty-two minutes of it were literally the movie before it. <laughs> <laughs> Hands were tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like a Silent Night, Deadly Night two when. Uh, first 45 minutes of that movie or of the first Silent Night, Deadly Night. (laughs) I don't think I've seen the second one, actually. I only watched... I mean, you did from the sounds of it. Well, yes. (laughs) From, uh... I only saw the first one for the first time maybe five or six years ago, and I I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, I I watched it for the first time all the way through this past Christmas, and I really enjoyed it, too. That That and the original Black Christmas. Yeah, I saw that for the first time probably about a year ago. That was good too. With uh, not the not the uh, six thousand remakes that came out. Yeah, yeah. Lois Lane is in that movie. I'm blanking on. Yeah, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Oh. Yep. So it was uh, can't remember the guy's name that plays uh, Nancy's dad, Nightmare on Elm Street. John Saxon is that his name? Yes. What was that? Where were we on Beetlejuice? I forgot where we left off even. <laughs> uh, 
what we talked about what we talked like meeting the Maitlands and then the accident and then um, meeting Beetlejuice. Meeting Beetlejuice. Yeah. We kind of skipped a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, we've missed like uh, like them finding the handbook of the recently diseased. I mean, deceased. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> and she's so nice and understanding. And she's like, deceased. <laughs> love. The, way, the patience in her voice. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, another great line that I love is when they find the indoor outhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, an indoor outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find that layout. Kind of, I find like the layout of that yeah, house kind of weird because like you walk through the door, there's the bathroom area, and then you walk through another door to get somewhere else in the house. It's like really, yeah. you have to walk through a bathroom to get to another room. Yeah, <laughs> I've the, the master bedroom, and the guest bedroom share a bathroom. Looks like mm. that sounds awful. Yeah, I'm very confused where anything is in the house, and Inthia was too when we were watching yeah. it. She's like, why is the kitchen, like, right below the roof on the top floor, <laughs> you know, when the statue comes through the window? Yeah, that kitchen's really yeah. high, but I realize the kitchen is over the garage, yeah. and they have to go up some steps to go into the house. Yeah. That house is just made up of tiny rooms, <laughs> but you can only get yeah. to other rooms through that tiny room. <laughs> I was thinking that, too, uh, when... Lydia is looking through the, the, the keyhole when uh, the Maitlands open their door, open that door to go to the afterlife area, the waiting room to see Juno, but she can see the green light coming through the, the keyhole when you had to go up and around the corner to see the door. <laughs> There's a bright light. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Hey, buddy, did you just see a yeah, real bright light? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that's I had to be why she was so alarmed. <laughs> that line I just said was from the Terminator. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, was running through my head. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> um, well, we didn't talk about uh, the sandworms when they, when the, when uh, Adam tries to retrace his steps. Yeah, retraces his steps, and then he opens the door and. They let, doesn't he fall? Yeah. yeah it kind of falls. Area, and then the, like there's the sandworms and stuff. Which yeah. is on Saturn? Yeah. So. <laughs> I, think like, it's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's where we're trying to get at. Originally yeah, it was supposed to be like um, gears and stuff. I think they wanted to. Beetlejuice, yeah. eventually he's like, you guys been to Saturn? And then he's like, <laughs> sandworms, am I right? Or whatever he says. And I, like, this is the first You time hate him. I hate him. The 30 years that I've been watching it, and I'm like, Saturn? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a Saturn. I'm in a Saturn. Oh, by the way, my favorite line of the whole movie <laughs> after the blue green line is Beetlejuice, but he says, Chew on a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Universal. We went to Universal Studios, yeah. and you know, they have a walk around Beetlejuice. And <laughs> one of the times we went a couple of years ago, he's just yelling at the top of his lungs, running all around, going, chew on a dog! Chew on a dog! Robert's face <laughs> lit up like a child at Christmas. And I've never seen him happier with a character interaction ever. And he's like, did you hear what he just said? I'm like, he's 
consuming a dog or something. <laughs> and Robert was like, no, no, no. <laughs> what does that mean? Chew on a dog. Uh, yeah. When I read about it, it he, I think Michael Keaton, Tim Burton saw it in a, well, it's Michael Keaton ad lib 90% of his lines, but I think he saw a car commercial that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's based on a car commercial, but I don't, yeah, I don't like know. That? Do they say that in that car commercial? I don't know. I don't know. Or it might have been one of those Doesn't things. Not here in Iowa I've seen. <laughs> it's like those random, you know, car commercials. Like they'll say whatever they'll say, and then okay, you just maybe thought to say that. Chew on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I Google it. I'm like, oh, maybe something, and it's just about dog chew toys. And I'm like, no, no, no. I would like to know the origins <laughs> of chew on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta be careful about everything you search on Google nowadays. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> I also like what he says. He has demons running all through me, all through me. Yeah. And he falls on the I ground, figure. and I love that ground that has like that fake grass, but they look like spikes or something. Mm. Yeah. I just love that. Cool. All right. And even later, when they're digging, when they're digging through it to dig him up later on the movie, they're digging yeah. through all the cardboard and corkboard and everything i love that detail so much of just the different layers that they're hitting and i was just like there's no way they can do this with a shovel and at one point when they get like they just pull up the grass and then they get to that little phone <laughs> yeah. it moves and i'm like just just pull up the phone pull up the phone <laughs> you don't have to dig <laughs> i always wondered like okay they're using shovels but it's not like it's actual ground so <laughs> 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 and I really think I'm like they went through the table at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the table. Adam only buys the best cardboard. <laughs> now, what do you think about the fact that uh, when we go to the other side, we see all the ghosts and, or all the dead people and how they died, but not the Maitlands. They're not wet or any, or anything like that. Do yeah. you, would you have preferred well, to see them in their, you know, death state? Maybe a little bit. Uh, I noticed uh, later on in the movie, see Gina Davis, her face looks more pale and she's got more darker circles around her eyes. So I don't know if that could be what they were trying to touch on, but oh, maybe they just couldn't find in their budget to make them look wet the whole time, but that, that would have been interesting. It does, yeah. but you're right, you do bring up a good point. It does seem out of place. Yeah. Well, I, I did uh, read something that it did cross their minds, but it would have been too uncomfortable and too hard to keep them wet throughout the whole production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of, those, one of those small details that's not, you know... It, doesn't really matter. Like, it, it might have helped, but it's not something that's like, oh, they, sh- you know, should have done that or whatever, it, you know. Maybe um, they should have, like, a few scenes of them, like, throwing up some water every once in a while. <laughs> whenever they yeah. did go to the afterlife, if they were only as their dead selves in the afterlife, that would have been really fun to yeah, see that, that um, mm-hmm. juxtaposition oh. of in their own house, they look just how they were that's when they true. were living. And then, and then seeing them with like super different colored skin and just dripping wet whenever they went to go visit Juno. Yeah. Well, they were fun. they were wet when they first got back to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, see, I guess there there is that element, like where they okay, they come back, they're in the house, and yeah, they're they're like drenched, you know, from being in the in the river. So that I guess that's kind of like they're that little bit where yep, they're wet. This is their kind of dead state, and okay, now we can move on to the rest of the story. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, or maybe it's a maybe it's the fact that we since we saw them die, that we already know how they died. So maybe when we get to the afterlife area that well we didn't see all these other characters die so we needed to show something that's okay this guy choked on a chicken bone uh yeah of course yeah <laughs> that's true you gotta feel bad for the guy with the shrunken head and the woman that got cut in half because they're still in the waiting room later on in the movie yeah <laughs> yeah so, so, so well, how did they get it how did the maitlands get in before them yeah exactly <laughs> i did wonder that for the first time last last night when yeah, when she sits down next to the guy with the shrunken head and they get called immediately and I'm like, oh, that poor man. <laughs> with his little shaking tiny head looking at her. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I always like... Um, I, got, I, don't, I don't remember who says it, but they talk about how if you kill yourself, you become like us. Uh, Miss Argentina does. She says... So, yeah, you become like a civil servant or something if you kill yourself. So yeah. everyone that's working in the afterlife killed themselves. So, like, you have, the like, the guy that's passing out papers is hanging by a noose. And then you have the the uh, receptionist with her slit wrists. Then you have uh, the guy that got run over. And I assume he jumped in front of the car, you know. A car or a bus. Yeah, but the guy that's hanging by the noose that passes out the papers that what that used to scare me when I was a kid. Remember that guy? Yeah, I do. This movie again, really interesting that it was ever on the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because all of these dead people were neon colored that it made it totally fine. I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. I love the the line of the guy who's like he got run over and oh I'm feeling a little feeling a little flat huh <laughs> and I love that like guttural laugh that he has where he's just completely cracked himself up and I'm like yeah. good for you sir good for you <laughs> that guy is another Tim Burton actor that's in a few things he uh, I like him also in um, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Remember him in that one? I remember the guy in the hallway that's mopping the floor from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but I don't remember the other guy. Who's the guy in the hallway in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Uh, he's the one that tells the story of Large Marge. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the flat guy, he plays the hobo. And then they're sitting on the train uh, and he keeps singing. <laughs> and then Pee Wee just jumps off the train because he's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not, right before you said that, like, I'm thinking, I wonder if he was the guy. I wonder if he was the hobo because I tried to take everybody else in my head. <laughs> like, must have been the singing hobo that Pee Wee got tired of. <laughs> What's that song that they sing again? It was something about corn. Is it Jamie Crackhorn? Jamie Crackhorn. Jamie Crackhorn, and I don't care. <laughs> I just jump off this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's got to be the ultimate insult. <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> criticism to singing. 
Now to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Go, oh, that is the singing hobo. <laughs> maybe he jumped. Maybe he jumped off the train too and got ran over by the train. That's it. There that's that's how shared, it un- shared universe. <laughs> <laughs> like so, that's what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> they should they should have put large Marge in Beetlejuice. There you go. So going off that theory, we'd assume that Juno slit her own throat. Then, yes, that's uh, yeah. that's what they say. Huh. That's such a great effect, though, when she's smoking and you see the smoke coming out of the slit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good effect. Yeah, I remember that kind of when I first saw that movie, kind of unnerving me for some reason. Like it was just weird. Like, oh, there's smoke coming out of her neck. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, and it I, still, I still found it cool though. So <laughs> the neck isn't like solid; it has a little bit of movement. So it's just—it's very, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's almost like I don't know. Yeah, it could fall off at any moment. I don't know. Like turn too quickly. Oh no! There goes my. Yeah, I don't think the slit in her neck I noticed until much later on in viewing it until somebody pointed like, oh yeah, she slit her neck. Like, oh, there it is. Now you can't unsee it every time I look at her. My eyes are just drawn to her neck every time I see her on screen now. Yeah. Unless she's unless she's dealing with the football team. Then uh <laughs> I don't think coach. we survived that crash. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that football team, <laughs> and I like that they show up <laughs> later on. You're just like, yes. I don't know why. Yep. I'm not. I'm not your coach. He survived. Talking about things we haven't skipped over yet. We haven't skipped over the famous uh, dinner scene, the Deo scene, banana boat song. Oh yes, the best. Yes, fingers. And yes. Dick Cavett's in that scene. Do you yep. Remember Dick Cavett? I know. Uh, I, I know his face. But, he, uh, uh, well, he he was a big late night talk show host, like he had his own talk show in the seventies and eighties. He was also in. Uh, Forrest Gump, uh, recreating when he had John Lennon on his show. Oh, oh okay. He says Gump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the whole dance. The, the whole dance is awesome. And I love how much rhythm and how awesome Catherine O'Hara looks during it. Yeah. Um, and well, then she's I having really a blast the-, the whole movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, she really did. She's so good. And then there's that woman. Um, what's what's her name? Grace Barrel? No, not uh, Grace. Oh, the she the Asian yeah one? the one and she's wearing like the green outfit. And at yeah. one point she's like absolutely freaked out. And then her eyes just close and she's like okay and she just surrenders <laughs> to the beat. And I'm like yes, <laughs> just do it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, speaking of how great uh, Catherine O'Hara is and the way she looks, the, that character, how do you think her and Jeffrey Jones ended up together? Like, they just don't seem like they would make a good couple. Yeah, and 
Well, I'm trying to figure out the relationship still to my head because well, Lydia considers her a stepmom, and then Jeffrey just calls her, her and uh, Charles calls her his, her mom. So I assume it's really her stepmom. I don't know. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think too. Um, <laughs> because I don't know how they would have met. Maybe maybe she was a gold digger. Charles <laughs> made a lot of money for Robert Goulet, and she's probably a starving artist or something. And Maybe. I could be. He had that, he had that <laughs> 80s yuppie money. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they do seem like such a odd couple. Like, they're they're not, you know, they're not the same person. Like, when they're coming into the, they're moving into the house and, you know, they want to, you know, Charles is there with the goal of, you know, relaxing, getting away from the big city life, you know, and she, you know, Delia, she she misses it. Like, she, you know, but, okay, this is going to be life now, whatever. And then renovating the house, making it more modern, probably what you would see in a big city instead of sort of a rural community. And so it's like they're, they're so different. And it's just, you know, but then they also compromise on, like, Charles, he wants that, like, the office. That Don't change it. Don't change it. <laughs> Do everything, whatever you want to the house, but just not this room. So, like, they can, you know, they they compromise. So, you know, I'm sure, I feel like there's there had been a lot of that in their years. Because <laughs> I feel like Delia would want to do a lot of things where he's just like, okay, just just, just do it. <laughs> Let's just take whatever, but just takes whatever little inch he can grab. Yeah. I do like that whole line where she's like, uh, where her and Otho are standing at the door and she's like if you don't let me redo God's house I will go insane and I will take you with me and just yeah, her a... range from there and the look in her eye makes me so happy where I'm just oh, I love her so much that's, that's one of my favorite lines from the whole movie <laughs> yeah it's so good oh. <laughs> <laughs> While they're tearing apart the house, luckily, luckily for Charles, all the uppies are buying condos so he can afford what Otho's going to do to the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> but they, the they, the Dietzes do provide a good clash though to the Maitlands, though, because the Maitlands are like one of those cute, adorable couples, and then you see the the functional Dietz family, and it provides like a good yin and yang balance to the film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like the introduction of the Deets because they're mentioned at the beginning of the movie a little yeah. bit. They are? What do you mean? Yeah. When she comes, when Jane comes over, she's like, there's a couple in New York City yeah. that wants to buy her house. Oh, I didn't catch that. Um, yeah, because she's, ugh, she says so much. <laughs> she just needs to go away. Um, but, and then you finally meet this couple, and they do fit so many different stereotypes of New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they come in just, they come in hot. And I love that Otho, you get immediately that he's, uh, that he has a, he's a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> He's not superstitious, but he's a little stitious. <laughs> when he's climbing in through the window, and you just get to see all of their dynamics within yeah. seconds, and you know exactly what they're like. 
I like later they're talking about like uh, God, what is it? It's after the ghosts that they they know that there's ghosts and they're saying something like, you know, if he if he can contact them or whatever, and he says something to the effect of, um, like. Yeah, I'm just as good as that as I am an interior decorator. And then it cuts to a scene of them outside where it, it, it's just them on a, on a porch with an unfinished room. And it's like... No, that's finished. I mean, it's, it, it looks unfinished. <laughs> yeah. It's one wall. Yeah, it's just one wall in the back. And it's like, okay. And I love his little kimono robe that he comes out in. And I'm like, what kind of relationship does he have with this family? I assume so. They're really close. I mean... They're just really good friends, but I just think it's re- yeah. how relaxed he is at this house also. Yeah. And why does he hate that suit that Beetlejuice gives him? What's wrong with it? <laughs> it's just the color he doesn't like? Uh, the fact that it's a, le- the fact it's a leisure suit at the same but time. Yeah, but didn't it look pretty much like the suit he was wearing before that? No, absolutely not. Oh. I always thought it was the same, but I just changed the colors. No. <laughs> 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 He's wild about how horrified he is. Robert's a leisure suit enthusiast. I love leisure suits. <laughs> He's like, what was that? <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with this suit. He looks damn dapper. <laughs> <laughs> that line, with the, that's during the uh, snake scene. And... Uh, or no, that's not that's not during the snake scene. That's that's later. What? Sorry, I was I was for some reason I was thinking when uh, he changes Otho's suit, it's the scene where Beetlejuice is a snake. But no, that's not no, that scene. Yeah, the leisure suit's like right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the snake scene, that's a great scene that I love too. It's such great uh, stop motion, and then there's that one shot where it's an actual puppet head where he curls his lip oh it's so scary remember that yeah yeah i didn't know it was a puppet head yeah one thing i never got is why why lydia got so angry at the maitlands for the beetlejuice snake when it wasn't them that did it then how easily she wants to be their friends again yeah 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 i was i was surprised i wasn't surprised that she was upset with them because she doesn't know that it's not their doing at that point. But mm-hmm. then that later on, she would still want to be their friends. Because she, like, just tells them to leave them alone. But she's also a teenager. So, you know, <laughs> emotions. <laughs> they go this angsty, way and that way. Angsty teen. Exactly. <laughs> and you never know what she's going to think. Because she is herself strange and unusual. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my shirt says right now. I got my strange really? unusual T-shirt on right now. <laughs> I yeah. do like. Oh, one of my favorites. Right before this is when we see the Maitlands as ghosts. Oh yeah. And oh, with the sheets. In the sheets. <laughs> and Gina Davis is. <laughs> moaning and howling is my favorite because she almost sounds like a spooky Halloween toy. You know, like the generic noise for Halloween. (laughs) 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 I love, and I love uh, Lydia's line is, um, 
Oh, you won't uh, something. You won't scare her. She's my mother sleep sleeping with Prince Valium. Prince Valium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always like when I was a kid. I was always like, well, who's this prince she's talking about? <laughs> I never understood Valium jokes because also in Spaceballs, isn't the prince that she that what's yes. supposed to marry his name is like Prince Valium prince also? Valium? And I was like, yeah. why is this guy like falling asleep? It's a prince volume. I, is it, I don't <laughs> oh, young India, so naive. I, I also find it funny that Delia is watching wrestling when the Maitlands come into her into her bedroom. <laughs> I always think it's funny when she takes the remote to turn off the TV. Like Gina Davis's voice cuts off at the same time too. Like, like she just stopped because the remote got clicked. <laughs> and then when they go into the next room, and Lydia takes the pictures of them, they're like wearing something underneath the sheets where you see like a bright reflection off their off their eyes, like they were wearing sunglasses or something to avoid the flash. I don't know. Did you catch that? No. Yeah. And then I she just noticed says, Alex like, Baldwin's glasses, but yeah. yeah. And then she says something like, what are you, Night of the Living Dead under there? And he's like, Night of the what? Like, how do you not know what Night of the Living Dead is? <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. That movie would have been, what, 20 years old at that point? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Lydia confuses them for, for uh, Charles and Delia. <laughs> yeah. How can he... <laughs> How can he stand that woman? <laughs> it also, Start taking pictures and keep your weird sex fetishes in your bedroom. Yeah. I did look at that camera, though, and the, the ferocity that those Polaroids are coming out, I'm like, this is not accurate in any way, shape, or form. I understand the ghosts, but this camera. Yeah. <laughs> Also, thinking about it now, it seems like to get to Lydia's room, you have to go through her parents' room. No. Where did you get that from? Because they were, it seems like they were in, they were in the parents' room, and then they went straight into Lydia's room. They never made it into Lydia's room. They came out, she was in the the balcony railing area, because it was like the little... I thought, I thought that was her room, no? No. No. She came out. I think her oh. room is right outside their room. Yeah, it's in a really weird place. Like, the layout of this house really makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah. Like an ant farm. She bang... <laughs> she bangs on the walls, yeah. but that wall doesn't actually touch Delia's room. I don't know. I don't know. It's very weird. A whole podcast on the layout of their, ha of their home. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you guys ever had a Zagnut bar? Nope. <laughs> I've heard of them, but I've never had them. I had one probably about 10 years ago, only because of Beetlejuice. It was good. It's like a Butterfinger without chocolate, I think. Oh, okay. um, it's got raisins in it, don't it? I don't think so. It's funny, because when I was a kid, because it's so oversized also, when he holds up the Zagnut bar, I always thought it was one of those Duraflame logs. <laughs> 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 I didn't know it was like, supposed to be a, a candy bar. <laughs> well, if I could yeah. find one, I'll have to make it a mission to find one. 
I haven't yeah. been on a mission since uh, I saw Half Big for the first time try to find an Abba Zabba. <laughs> oh, Abba Zabba's. Taking out a filling or two on that. Main ingredients are peanut brittle, cocoa, and toasted coconut. I don't mm. like that. Mm. It, it was good. I don't like that at all. How about a nush? <laughs> a good fool nush. Yeah, that's a neat looking fly too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Beetle just got a hell of a reach on it because that fly wasn't as close as it looked. There, we just reached out and grabbed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he could stretch his arms like at the end of the movie when they become giant hammers. This is true. Yeah. That's... He stretched his arm a little bit and grabbed the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sort of trying to pick a favorite character. Like, who do you think had the most fun filming this? Like, Michael Keaton looks like he's having a shit ton of fun, and Catherine yeah. O'Hara looks like she's having a blast too. Like, even though, like the little noises she makes when she's going through the house, like, <laughs> and she looks at the was it the wedding dress and the yeah. wedding dress and the and uh, the, the tuxedo. Yeah. Well, Michael <laughs> Keaton has said this is his favorite role he's ever played. Mm. Oh, I it's bet. My, it's my favorite role of his that I've seen. Yeah. I'd say it's a toss between that and Batman. I'd say for him, for me. I'm not a I'm not a huge Batman fan, so I love I love Beetlejuice. Yeah, I think. Like, <laughs> I'm just like I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love his performance. Like, I think it really shows that he was definitely having a lot of fun playing this just crazy character. And, you know, like, who wouldn't have fun playing that kind of character? Who's just a little bit no filter, just crazy, doesn't really, I don't know, maybe doesn't really think before he speaks. Like, he just kind of just says what he says and, you know... And it just, yeah, it really shows that he's he's having a blast with this. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite roles of his. Like, it's just because of that. Like, you just know he's having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know who he based his performance off of? No. Um, i trying to think. I can't remember. Uh, Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's right. That's oh. right. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, and I... I saw or read that he improvised about 90% of his lines. And then he also, he turned down the role originally. He wasn't interested, but then I guess Tim Burton talked to his agent and talked him into it. But apparently one person that Tim Burton was really interested in playing Beetlejuice at one point was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I've heard, I've always heard Sammy Davis Jr., that too. I think Sammy Davis Jr. was his top choice. And then when that didn't happen, I think he actually. Sorry, was... my mind is blown by these, these <laughs> like this 180 of like Arnold Schwarzenegger to Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> That's a hell of a yeah. spectrum. Apparently Arnold turned it down because of Running Man. Mm. Well, thank goodness he did, because that would have been weird. Yeah. Like, no. Go through me. <laughs> Sandworms, you hate them. I hate them as well. 
It also be really weird to see him marry Winona Ryder at the end of the movie, though. Oh, <laughs> that would have been, he just would have, like, picked her up. <laughs> Put her down, monster man. <laughs> I love me some Arnie, but I don't know if I'd want to see a movie with him improvising, like, 90% of his lines, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When that happens, you get movies like uh, Batman and Robin. How dare you? Mr. Freeze. (laughs) Would you break the ice? Just the whole what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age? You're like, what? (laughs) That's as good as you could do. Yeah. (laughs) Ice to beat you. <laughs> cool party. <laughs> You're not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> God, it's so bad. I don't know what you're talking about. That is just poetry. <laughs> what the sad thing is, is that wasn't improvised. That was actually written. <laughs> yes, somebody got paid money to write that. drinking game out of Batman Robin. Take a shot every time Arnold, Arnie says an ice pun. Yeah. It just, oh gosh, you wouldn't make it. You Alcohol poisoning for everyone. <laughs> cool party. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to unsee Arnold Schwarzenegger now with Beetlejuice in my mind. I think the, you think the suits would all the suits would be sleeveless or? Yes, probably. Yes. And I don't think at the end he would have turned into the big like carnival game. He would have just shot everyone. <laughs> <laughs> or he just would have punched Robert Goulet up through. The... Speaking of when he turns into the carnival game, did you guys see what's on the top of his head? So I had a mobile. He has a mobile, oh, but at the top of it, there's a little ornament, and it's actually an early uh, Jack Skellington head. Oh, really? Yeah, that. Yeah, I did. I think I did catch that quickly because that, that that pops up quite a bit. It shows up in uh, James and the Giant Peach too. That same head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have him right there. It's a Skellington. Oh yeah. There he is. Yeah. They made a little figure of him. It's like a little PVC figure of um the pirate the pirate skeleton. I love them so much. Pirate Jack Skellington. <laughs> I think I think that helps the uh, theory the fan theory that Jack Skellington became uh, or Jack Sparrow becomes Jack Skellington in the afterlife. And that oh, they and they use that they use that pirate from uh, James and the Giant Peach as like the as their foundation. <laughs> I support it. <laughs> I believe it, sure. <laughs> I've heard weirder fan theories. <laughs> yeah. Anything else we skipped over? Um, I'm 
trying to think. Is there any scene that we should talk about? Oh, Mon- well, I can think of one. Because it's a line that it's never left me. It's one, I don't know why, of all things, I remember it so well. Because it is such a, like, a long-winded thing. But when, they fir- when the Maitlands first meet Beetlejuice, like they actually meet with him. And he... Um, Adam asks, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attend, and then he goes on the thing of, you know, oh, well, I attended Juilliard, and I went to Harvard Business School. I graduated <laughs> Harvard Business School. I traveled quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague. I had a pretty good time during that. And I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> And I just—I yeah, have never great. gotten that out of my head ever. And I even—I did that as um, like in high school drama class that we were doing monologues, and I did that. I dressed up as Beetlejuice, and I did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he—they ask if he could if he could do anything scary, and he does that face, but you only see the back of it. Yeah. Apparently, they did a makeup for it, but. <laughs> They thought it was funnier to not see it. Hmm. Let your imagination run. Yeah, I love seeing just the Maitland's reaction to it, and then you cut back to him, and he looks normal again. Yeah. (laughs) I think it serves a lot better. Imagine what you saw. Um, One thing I noticed about five years ago on a rewatch was that he's trying to look under Gina Davis's skirt with a stick. Yeah. I didn't catch on to that as a kid. <laughs> what? He's like, yeah. I don't know when it took me to realize. And I mean, even Juno says it when she says up sets up the whorehouse for him and he like goes to brush his hair and like dances towards the ladies. Yeah. And then she's like, the whorehouse is my idea. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, why would you build also- that? Juno also said that Beetlejuice used to be uh, her assistant, so that means Beetlejuice killed himself also, I guess, if he's a worker. Mm. Yeah. I, guess I think so. there's a theory that he electrocuted himself. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. well, just by the look of his hair and everything. I think it's yeah, believed that he's that electrocuted himself. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see like a backstory of him working with Juno. <laughs> Free demon possession with every exorcism. <laughs> yeah. We have a friend who actually watched it for the first time this week, and she's our age. And somehow she had never seen the movie, and she was very surprised that. Because she'd only seen the cartoon that Beetlejuice was the bad guy in this movie. She's like, I had no idea who decided it was a good idea to make Lydia and Beetlejuice BFFs in the cartoon. You've got to make it family friendly. <laughs> it's kind of like the Ghostbusters cartoon, you know, they make things different, like... Slimer is like a Ghostbuster, basically, in the cartoon. True. 
as Slimer's or BFF. Look at all the weird ass cartoons we got in the 80s. Look, the Toxic Avenger got a cartoon. Yeah, that's true. That's not a kid friendly movie at all. They got that got a cartoon. Yeah. Which one? Bill and Ted got a cartoon. Yeah. So did Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost everything. Could you imagine if there was like a Jaws cartoon and like Jaws was BFFs with Quinn? <laughs> Quinn. Quinn. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. He just pulls the boat leisurely. <laughs> you look like, like an odd couple cartoon. <laughs> Maybe they'd make the mayor competent. <laughs> yell barracuda everybody says huh what you yell shark you got a panic on your hands on the 4th of july (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite memes to share around election time is the mayor in jaws is still the mayor in jaws too so always remember to vote in your local election (laughs) did you see um did you guys see the newest ghostbuster movie with um I oh, yeah. laughed I love that so one. hard when they compared Andy Garcia to the mayor of Jaws, and he's like, don't you ever compare me to the mayor of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That was a good, that was a real fun. I, I did really enjoy that movie. That was the blind that cracked me up when I heard it. Don't be like the mayor in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's been popping up in memes again lately when they tried to reopen the beaches in Florida. This was the last person who thought reopening the beaches was a good idea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is a good point. <laughs> this is a real good point. Uh, Jaws yeah. was the second episode of your show I listened to. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love Jaws. I keep wanting to do those ones where you sit in the water and watch it. Yeah. But then it would just be me like fainting or <laughs> just quitting halfway through and I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you can't, can't burn the water down. <laughs> at least the surface <laughs> I mean it would, it would be scary even watching that in her swimming pool but to do it in the actual ocean that'd be but if I was in a swimming pool I'd think of alligator is there a scene in alligator that has that yes I've never seen alligator the little, the little kids go out and they're um, it's Halloween and they're tricking this little kid to walk out onto the like a they have a pool and it has a diving board and the mom's like, where are the kids? And then <laughs> she turns on the lights to the swimming pool. And the kid's at the end of the uh, diving board. Yeah. And inside is the alligator. And it opens its mouth. And then it's like, oh, that little kid's going <laughs> to get ate. Watch that clip. I don't trust any bodies of water. <laughs> Born and raised in California. Can't convince me to go into pools, lakes, or the ocean. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we had the oh the uh the dinner dance was what we were talking the dinner part is what we were talking about right Day-o. yeah yeah Day-o. i like the shrimp i like that lady Catherine O'Hara. I'm just making well, sure I get all the ortho, I really want. A lot of Otho playing the the champagne bucket as a bongo drum. So good. <laughs> My favorite part of that scene is when they say deadly tarantula <laughs> and he turns around making <laughs> these weird hands. Highly deadly black tarantula. I want to see what everyone else does for that because he really is so committed to looking the way he does for that. Yeah. But it's so good. But I do want to see everyone else. <laughs> he, he, he has that good balance of being uh, freaked out, but also just going with it at the same time. If anybody's just going with it, it's Otho, because he's got the, the champagne bucket <laughs> like a bongo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really question too much. He has a moment where he's like, what in the world? But then... Him and his lady friend that he brought, they both 100% just give up to whatever's happening and really yeah. <laughs> feel the rhythm. Well, I think they're possessed, aren't they? But yeah, but everyone else <laughs> looks slightly... Well, the other people on the other side look slightly horrified. Yeah. More than literally everyone else. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, the guy who played Otho? Do you remember him in the movie Dunstan Checks In? I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but I know him from, obviously, Nightmare Before Christmas. He's the voice of the mayor. But uh, a rare uh, carrot-top movie called Chairman of the Board. You ever seen that one? (laughs) I haven't seen it, but I remember (laughs) my memory of that movie is one time on the Conan O'Brien show, the girl, whoever was the female lead of the movie was on the show, and Norm MacDonald was on also, and she said something about I'm in a movie called chairman of the board and he's been making fun of her throughout this whole interview. And, and so she says, okay, so I'm in a, I'm in a movie called chairman of a uh, chairman of the board. And Conan says to Norm, okay, do something with that. Meaning, okay, insult her for that. And he says, I bet it's spelled B O R E D, which is probably true. I'm not explaining it well, but it's very no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Dunson Checks in as a kid, but I do remember him being in it. I think I just watched, uh, there's a YouTube channel I watched called, uh, no, it was, I think it was the Cinemassacre YouTube channel. Uh-huh. They were doing ape movies for April, and they were talking about Dunson Checks in, and I forgot that Paul Rubens was in the movie, too. Yeah. I saw that movie at Michael Jackson's house at Neverland Ranch. <laughs> oh, really? I did. When I was probably, I was uh, eight years old, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was a great time. I wasn't, th- it, there was a bunch of people there. My- it's such a cryptic thing to throw out there. Like, I saw this at Michael Jackson's house when I was eight years old. <laughs> Everyone else yeah. really has to absorb everything and try not to unpack that. <laughs> what a scoop! <laughs> he, he, he wasn't there, though. <laughs> yeah, my grandparents uh, knew someone that worked there or worked for him or something and set up... Um, 
a day to go there. Like, I guess he would have like a bunch of kids that would do um, field trips to Neverland Ranch. So we went with like a bunch of kids at a school or something. Mm. That's cool. Uh, hopefully your grandparents didn't freak out though when all the accusations started raining in. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't there, so. <laughs> I, I guess the, I think the accusations, the first accusations probably happened before we went. A year before. I want to say like ninety two ish, like early mid to early nineties. I want to say like the first accusations start coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this would I think we went in ninety four. Oh, so they knew. Yeah, I think I think it was yeah, there was some question about it. But his uh <laughs> remember his monkey uh bubbles? Yeah. He, uh, he punched one of my relatives in the stomach, and then he put his hand in someone else's pocket and took their wallet. <laughs> so Beetlejuice. Dinner in. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. This is our. I'm going to leave all this in, I think, now. <laughs> <laughs> I really cut out side tangents. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I like, oh, the Maitlands, so their, uh, their efforts to scare, aside from the sheets, are really super horrific. But go so unnoticed Um, from like her ripping off her face when she's on a noose, she cuts off Adam's head. Yeah. And then when they do that face stretching thing, which is so good. Mm. Yeah. That's a great stop motion animation for the transition as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it holds up pretty well 30 years later. I think it still holds up pretty well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when they're talking to each other as those disfigured their disfigured selves and her tongue still moves a little bit <laughs> with her eyes on oh, top yeah. of it and it just like <laughs> has that slight movement I like when she flicks her eyeballs in the back of her head yeah. <laughs> that scene where they do like- the transition they're in Juno's office and I always read about this but it's it doesn't really make sense to me, but you know how in the window there's people sitting there looking in? If you look behind um, Adam and Barbara while they're in Judo's office, there's some rows of people, like a red skeleton, I think another skeleton, a couple guys wearing sunglasses, and someone else. And it almost looks like a movie theater of people. Apparently, that was supposed to be when you watch the movie in the theater, that's mimicking the other side watching the same movie. Oh, nice. I, I don't know why. I just noticed those people the other night when I rewatched. I don't know why. I never noticed the people in the background before, but I noticed them just the other night. Yeah. And probably because now I can't. Now I try to rewatch it again today, and I, like, I cannot not see them. And I'm trying to watch Alec Baldwin stick his hand through the back of his face. I used to see these people <laughs> sitting behind him and outside the windows. 
Yeah, it, it's an interesting concept to when you think about it, but it doesn't really play off well. Like, no one would ever know that's supposed to be the afterlife in a movie theater watching the same movie you're watching, but from the opposite side. I have to pay attention more because I feel like I saw it once and I was like, oh, that's interesting because they're wearing 3D glasses. No, just one character is wearing like Ray Ban sunglasses. Oh. Huh. Mm. It, it catches your eye a little bit. It's got that uh, that glow in the dark effect to it. So it looks like it's glow in the dark or get the uh, black light effect. Black light effect. That's what I was thinking of. Black light effect in the background. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you guys this How do you feel about the. Danny Elfman score. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's one of his best. I love it. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. good. I, uh, I agree. Yeah. What do you think is his best score? Do you, do you have a favorite? Nightmare? Probably Nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like a lot of his his scores on movies are really good, but I think like Nightmare Before Christmas is good, and then like Beetlejuice would be my like would be my two favorites. Was good too. Yeah, Other Hands is great also. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I actually really like the Pee Wee's Big Adventure score a lot. That's one I have yet to see. I have not seen that. You haven't? Oh, it's so great. It's so good. (laughs) I saw that on Betamax for the first time. (laughs) It has so many quotable lines, and it's just, it really is one of those movies, the older you get, the funnier it is. And Mm. I feel like so many movies, I mean, you could really say that about so many movies, particularly. I think from like the 80s where I'm getting so many more jokes but I'm also equally horrified that I watched this when I was like five (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like my reaction I was allowed to watch Revenge of the Nerds when I was five years old I I did that some I remember watching. Well, we all come from about the same generation, so. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching like Terminator, Predator, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> I remember owning Revenge of the Nerds and Revenge of the Nerds 2, because Nerds in Paradise is my favorite. <laughs> well, that's a good. It's a good sequel. It's one of my favorite sequels ever. It's so, and I, but then I watched it very recently. Still laughed at the whole musical number because it's my favorite and because I love, is it Lamar? But I was like, oh my gosh, especially with the first one. I'm like, oh no, they could never, ever do this, ever now, ever. <laughs> but then they, also they tried. Like, I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> yeah. They tried to remake it at uh, Duke University when that whole rape trial scandal was going on. And somebody at the school was like, we cannot let them make this movie here. (laughs) (laughs) Robert was watching Weird Science earlier today, and I caught little bits and pieces of it, but I love that movie also. And I'm like, oh, if I really had to break this down to anyone, I'm like, this would very much not fly at all either. 
because she's making out with a 15 year old yeah <laughs> just there's so many th- i'm like oh the 80s <laughs> 80s in part <laughs> Well, speaking of oh the eighties, we got Lydia marrying Beetlejuice in this movie. So that's right. True. It's also also have been awkward with Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how old he would have been at that point. <laughs> oh, could you imagine his tiny little self next to her? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. We're going to be getting hitched, Dane. You dig? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the guy that uh, that is marrying Beetlejuice and uh, yeah, whatever he is. I'm never going to say that word. Go for it. The person that's marrying (laughs) Or the, the the ghost that's marrying her is played by that little person actor uh, who played Tony Cox. What's his name? Tony Cox. Yeah, Tony Cox. He played Hooter. Hooter. Yeah. See you later, trash cans. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Do you guys know Captain Neo? Captain Neo. It was the ride at uh, Disney uh, yeah. that George Lucas made with Michael Jackson. Yeah. I, so that I opened what the eighties too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Eighty six, I think. Angelica Houston is in it. Like, who directed it? Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the most bonkers thing you've ever seen. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I. It will always be. It is like my Tomorrowland is Captain EO, but my favorite line is when Hooter is going to le- abandon everyone and he puts on he puts on a disguise it's an upside down garbage can and like a pipe and he's all see you later trash cans and he walks away <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's an excellent way to just like leave a party or a gathering and I'm like see you later trash cans <laughs> oh, uh, let's see if I can find a POV video of it on uh, on YouTube. I think like the the actual source the video. Actual, yeah, yeah, that that should be up because I yeah it'll be up because I feel like we've watched it before, um, and it's just got the best '80s acting. There's this guy who like pops out of a wall or a column, and he starts break dancing as he's doing it, but he's like. I think two guys do it. There's one guy with Jerry Curls, and then there's another guy with a mustache and like a mullet or something. Oh, so good. There's so many Jerry Curls. There's so many crop tops <laughs> on everybody. Oh, Definitely it's, 80s. Uh, yeah. It's really peak 80s future. <laughs> <laughs> But Angelica Houston is really good in it. She's scary. Oh, she's terrifying. And it was in it was in 3D. So I remember being extremely uncomfortable because first you're like trying to get what was the little Asteroid. fuzz? Oh, fuzz fuzzball. He's like this little fuzzy creature with like a tail and he has little butterfly wings and he comes at you and you're like so cute. And then 
Angelica Houston as the supreme whatever her name is shows up and she's just oh boy messes with you as a child (laughs) it's great so great so we're here to talk to you guys about Captain EO (laughs) (laughs) all Captain EO all the time well they made two references to Michael Jackson in this episode about Beetlejuice (laughs) 17 minutes of Michael Jackson (laughs) that's what the people are here for you know what happens when you say Michael Jackson three times Oh, after watching an episode of South Park, I like to call him Mr. Jefferson. I don't know that one. Well, there's an episode of South Park uh, where they make fun of Michael Jackson. He builds like a Neverland-style house at uh, in South Park, and he changes. He's he's in hiding, so he calls himself Mr. Jefferson and wears like a fake mustache. And... <laughs> I'll have to look for that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I like when um, when they show up with the when they summon them when Otho decides to summon them with their wedding outfits and yep. they come up. My heart breaks. I actually get really sad seeing them start to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is awfully sad. And then his jaw falls off. And her little feet yeah. curl in. And her shoe falls off. Yeah, I think her foot crumbles, doesn't it? Yeah, it like curls in. Is that what our, happens? Yeah. Just that. Um, but I like when Beetlejuice shows up and that stupid artwork. <laughs> 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 the animation on that is so good. And yeah, it's believable that it's in that space. I like when he initially comes into the scene. You know, he just finished being the carnival barker with, you know, the big arms. And he was giant. And then when he comes into the scene, he just flies up the top of the frame. Like, he just jumps down. Oh. <laughs> Does this little Johnny Carson impression? Yeah. But the Maitlands, they have enough exercise for today. Does the golf swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and when Gina Davis... <laughs> When she says Beetlejuice to the second time. <laughs> no, the first time. Is it the first time where he hisses or he does yeah. that streak at her? Yeah. We both laughed so heartily at that. <laughs> <laughs> the zipper on her. The zipper yeah. and then that. The metal plate. The on thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why he didn't think of that the first time. <laughs> exactly. You had to like go through like different things and then you finally get to the <laughs> the most effective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, why would you bother with a zipper? Right? <laughs> Knowing she could unzip it and then she says it again and he's like, nope. <laughs> I do like the effect of her I like the effect of her saying Beetlejuice with the zipper on her mouth too though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That was good makeup yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it won the Oscar for best makeup. This movie. Uh, v Neil. Yeah. I remember watching her on uh, Face Off. Yeah. I think they always name dropped uh, Beetlejuice a lot on on there for her. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
okay, I'm familiar with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we see her at Monster Palooza sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I saw her um, table once at Comic-Con. Very nice. And uh, she also worked on Ed Wood with Rick Baker. Uh, Rick Baker designed the makeups, but I think V. Neal uh, did the everyday applications. You mean Rick Baker, Monster Maker? Rick Baker, Monster Baker. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he used to... uh, He used to... um, Use that as his professional name. He'd put business cards out that would just say Rick Baker, Monster Maker. <laughs> I mean, I would too. A, it's not a lie. And B, it rhymes with my name. <laughs> like... There you go. Hundred <laughs> percent would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing some Rick Baker in this movie too. I've been... See what he could have done. Can you imagine yeah. what Rick Baker's sandworms would look like? Oh my gosh. You get the get the brains of Tim Burton and Rick Baker working together. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I remember um Rick Baker also worked with Tim Burton on Planet of the Apes. I was gonna joke. <laughs> I started to be like, oh Planet of the Apes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Planet of the Apes is a good makeup, but I think one thing that Rick Baker really didn't like that Tim Burton wanted was for Helena Bottom Carter to have uh, nice eyebrows on her makeup, which looks odd. And Rick Baker didn't like that, but, you know, got to do what the director says, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Tim, how many Oscars do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> uh, and Rick Baker has seven, I think. Quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Proof is in the pudding. He deserved every one of them. Sure did. He got the first uh, makeup one when it became a, an actual category. Yeah. American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Great movie. Nice. Did you uh see the have you heard the wedding or the rhyme about uh Lydia no, Lydia's red wedding dress? Have you heard the adage they say about married and red? Married and red, better off dead. Oh, um, I did read something about that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> something I never caught on before, but I had no idea. That's awesome. I, I remember hearing about red wedding dresses, and I remember hearing about red wedding dresses in one of my art classes in college, my design class. I think China they wear red wedding dresses or something. Huh. Yeah, I think it's. It's a color of like prosperity for them and good luck. So that would make sense if it was. Of course, we're all like, no, 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 must be white, pure white. Pure white. <laughs> so, yeah, makes sense. White is <laughs> the drifted snow. Yeah. I think the ending 
to the movie or that this, or I guess this would be the climax of the movie, right? What we've been building to towards is really good, but could definitely use just a little bit more Robert Goulet. (laughs) 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 But I I do like that Gina Davis is riding the sandworm at the end uh, to save the day, Mm -hmm. which I like earlier when she when she meets the sandworm for the first time, she punches it in the punches it in the nose. So you know she has control over this thing. True. Did it cast at her in tremors? <laughs> That's right. That that has so many sequels. And I keep forgetting. And then every few years they're like, and now Tremors 26. And I'm like, wait, what? There's still an audience for this? <laughs> you had a running contest with Sharknado. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you truly do. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Sharknado movies. Me neither. I saw a trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few. You don't need to watch the previous to understand what's happening in the latest. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's right there in the title. Oh, okay, got it. Sharks, tornadoes, okay. <laughs> it's not like jumping into like the Godfather too. <laughs> I mean, almost, but <laughs> just a little. Yeah, it's a good climax to the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and then a great follow-up scene where Lydia is now happy and uh, she goes to school and she uh, got a B on the science test. <laughs> I thought she got a, a C. Or a C. <laughs> yeah, cause, uh, she told the teacher dressing frogs was against her religion. Yeah, yeah. But she got an A on the math test. (laughs) Yeah, I like how her big her big present is to get to dance with ghosts and and float. Football players will read that they're redoing the living room (laughs) with that wallpaper again. (laughs) Well, they're compromising. I'm just wondering how that living arrangement works. So the do the Maitlands get one floor and the Deetses get another floor, or what? Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering. Probably. And, like, you know, how much they renovated the house and you, like, you turn it back to the way it was? Like, how'd you manage that? <laughs> More of those yuppies buying those condos. I wonder yeah. if they ever make a sequel. Would it... Well, they probably... I'm assuming if they ever get around to making a sequel, it won't involve the Dietzes or the Maitlands. But if it did, it would be nice if the Dietzes died and then a new, more people had to had to move in and then they were in the place of the Maitlands. And now the Maitlands and the Dietzes are working together to scare off the uh, newer people. There you go. Like a full house situation. Yeah, but I imagine... 
I imagine Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis wouldn't do another one. I don't know for sure, but uh, I assume it would be about Beetlejuice uh, going to another couple or another doing another job. Yeah. Well, it seems like the it seems like the Hawaiian thing has always been the one that's been kicked around for a sequel. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian or something like that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Hmm. What would he do in Hawaii? <laughs> Tiki gods, I guess. <laughs> hey, you'd probably Trump eventually get Michael Keaton in a grass skirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys uh, seen the musical based off of Beetlejuice? No. no, but I did catch a little bit of it in the Macy's Day Parade, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> I have to get into. I've been wanting to. I was hoping to YouTube it before we recorded today, but they never got around to it. The time, day and age where they're buying up all of our favorite properties. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I think I think we know a few people. We we know two people that went to go see it, not together, separate friends. One of them hated it. The other one loved it. And I'm more inclined to believe the person who loved it. Because our our movie tastes tend to align a little bit more and our entertainment tastes. So yeah. I think, and from what I saw during the Macy's Day Parade, I thought it was great. It's funny. Yeah, this is a day and age where they're buying up all those good properties and turning the musicals. Like Reanimator's gotten a musical. Uh, Evil Dead's gotten a musical. Adam's Family has one. Yeah, yeah. King Kong, think, which we saw. Yeah, King Kong had one. <laughs> How was that? Oh. Uh, it oh. was... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it was amazing because... It was simultaneously the best and the worst thing we've ever seen. Well, <laughs> King Kong himself was incredible. It was an incredible 25-foot puppet. And... Wow. Which, it was, just, it was the most beautiful thing. Like, it's exactly what you would think... I think it was, like, three people to operate the actual head. And, like, wow. at one point in the during the play, it stand, where we were sitting, we were, like, we were pretty close to the stage. It stood all the way up and leaned over. So we actually had to, like, crane our heads back a little bit. And it looked at people in the balcony. And I was just like, this is amazing. But then the music was, like, 19... 19- 92 stomp slash rent. <laughs> I don't like rent. All my friends love rent. Whenever mm. we go to karaoke, they're like, we're going to karaoke rent. I'm like, I'll be in the parking lot. <laughs> like, I can't deal with it. And I'll be in the parking lot hungry. jumping off of a train. <laughs> I, I jumped out of karaoke. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's what the music was. Even though it had really great set, like visually, it was so good. So it was, there was a lot of like inner turmoil being like, do we like this or do we need to not ever speak of this again? <laughs> mm. No, uh, I Which mean, is, I think the visuals are so good at the music, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I mean, why don't they just take any of the songs from the original movie? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a, a uh, non-musical, just a play. 
That'd be I don't good. know. I liked some of the musical elements, I guess, kind of. Even though the music itself, I didn't. Yeah. Like, there's, like, this part where they're doing a commercial towards, like, the actual um, audience. And the curtain is down, so it's all these gals, and they're dancing in front of it. And one by one, they get pulled behind the curtain because King Kong is grabbing them and eating them. And, like... They start off really cheery and end almost in tears by the end of it because they're all disappearing, but they have to keep going. <laughs> and I laughed heartily. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see if I can just find some video just for that animatron, that puppet alone. That'd, that'd be worth the price of admission for me alone, I think, just to see that huge puppet. Yeah. Uh, they did a few videos for it, I believe. Um, yeah, and they did one, they have him, like, like he's, it's supposed to be simulating him running through the jungle, and that alone was very impressive um, when they did that, and yeah, the effects in that were amazing. Ugh, that's why it's so hard to talk about it, or I'm like, no, that music was so bad, guys, but if you could watch it without listening to the music, <laughs> it'd be great. But I like that it was also a musical, because I love musicals, so. Ugh. So conflicted. <laughs> Great. Oh, any final thoughts on Beetlejuice? Cool. Uh, no, I mean Beetlejuice. It's uh, again one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. Um, been around my whole life i enjoy watching it countless times and i will continue to keep watching it countless times pretty much the same i love the ending so much i love i really like um the whole dancing and stuff and like how they wrap up the family dynamic a lot and the maitlands get their happy ending like they get a daughter essentially and mm -hmm. um it doesn't feel like forced or weird it's just like it's just so happy and you're like, yeah, I love it. And um, Beetlejuice gets his comeuppance and we get to see a little bit more with that like witch doctor guy. Hey, there goes Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that so much. So I don't, it's just like you were saying, you guys were saying earlier, it just, it flows so well. And it's just such a really fun movie that uh, I just, I wouldn't mind if there was more of that world to explore. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know I just love it and I love that it's like uh, one of our clearest views into uh, Tim Burton's world because it's like my friend and I were talking about this and she had mentioned that it's very much like Nightmare Before Christmas in visually in our world where it actually comes into our world and I was like yeah you totally get to see a lot of what Tim Burton loves mm. and is very quintessentially Tim Burton so What's so, interesting though is he didn't he didn't write it or anything, he just officially. Uh, no. Yeah, you know he was an art director I believe beforehand. Well, he was an animator beforehand also, but he has such a strong visual sense that everything is just so uniquely Tim Burton that he does. Oh, absolutely. It, it probably you know I was thinking about this like if there is. Nobody else could have directed that movie. Like it, it would have, it wouldn't have been the same. 
if it hadn't have been Tim Burton. Like, Tim Burton really brings that whole story to life. Like, yeah, he didn't write the story, but, like, the he really obviously, like, saw what the writers wrote and just brought that completely to life while also, you know, putting in his own Tim Burton flair. You know, really having that quirky, fun, a little bit spooky kind of world. And I just, it, it's, yeah, that's why I love it too. Like, and it was such a good, you know, like when I was first introduced to it, like, yeah, it was that kicking down the door of Tim Burton's world. Like, this is it. And then, you know, seeing like Nightmare Before Christmas and, oh yeah, definitely, you know, this is, you know, Tim Burton and and his style. And I, I love it. Like, it's such a unique and different style and it's, it's just so good. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I find like I've you know, you you watch movies or you like you forget about the movie and then you go back and it's like, Oh yeah. But this one I've never forgotten about. Like it's never been one where I've like oh I watch it once and then I forget about it and maybe several months later I watch it again and it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this movie and no, I've never forgotten about it and it's always just been there now. Like, that's when it became there for me. Like, it was always there. It never, you know, never left and, you know, always watching it. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel the same. Mm-hmm. There's only going to be one Tim Burton. Every time you watch a Tim Burton movie, you can tell it's a Tim Burton movie. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, even if, you know, you were watching, like, you didn't know, like, you know, flipping through a channel or something, and, oh, a movie is on, and it's like, oh, this has got to be a Tim Burton film. You know, you just know by his style, you know. It's so uniquely him. Mm-hmm. You guys ever wonder how the witch doctor died? <laughs> I do, actually. I was wondering last night, and I was I was really looking at him to figure it out. But must have been something, uh, maybe maybe natural causes. Biffy, he he has no nothing that stands out. But why he would? No. Like yeah, for all the other characters, you kind of you know what happened to them, but for him, it's yeah, you know. Well, I guess. Maybe not all, because like the guy that shows them the lost souls room, the janitor, we we don't see how he killed himself since we assume he killed himself since he's working. Yeah. And same with the lady that uh, typing away in that room full of skeletons. There's a lady with like real pale and red hair. You don't see how she possibly died either. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the skeletons. How does the skeleton kill itself? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's been there really for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated those skeletons just typing away. I don't know why. This time I was like, yeah. I think it's because we've been watching so many movies where there's just a scene of skeletons living normal life, but they're just <laughs> skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> It could be the skeletons from Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. 
I always tell India every Halloween, one of my favorite things to see at at a Halloween display is a skeleton on a, on a porta potty. Outhouse. Or an outhouse. Yeah. (laughs) Skeleton (laughs) in an outhouse. (laughs) He really does have a deep, deep appreciation and love for a skeleton in an outhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Do not go in there. Well, it all started because of uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Do you know Knott's Berry Farm? Yeah. So Heard it's of it, a never th- been. it's uh, they call it America's first theme park. It's been here since I don't know the twenties, but they used to have an attraction called the Haunted Shack, it, where it would be a lot of optical illusions and things like that. But uh, the big finale was you see a skeleton <laughs> in an outhouse. <laughs> I love that skeleton. <laughs> and that's framed his sense of entertainment ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> that's been the bar. <laughs> Nothing will ever be a skeleton in an outhouse. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 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 Oi. <It's> too good. <laughs> well, I I don't want to take up too much of you guys' this time. But they will bring it on home here. Alright. Well, Beetlejuice, I'd say we I'd say it's safe to say it's got a rousing two thumbs up from all four of us here. Yes. I agree. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. It's kind of been spoiled to death anyway no pun intended <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh robert nancy if you get if uh where can some of our listeners find you guys you want to plug your shows where they can where can we find you they want to get a hold of you oh yeah you can find us at podsandmonsters.com and on instagram we are at pods and monsters podcast um we're on itunes pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts you can hear us talk about monster movies and pretty much any movie we want but right and right now we're going through like oddly enough this whole uh social uh distancing thing has lined up with some like social isolation isolation themed things in an odd way and then like our next one is really on the nose even though we planned these months ago um, our next one is Candyman, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, so, <laughs> really, and, like, you know, uh, the one, two before was, um, was The Shining, and then we also did Omega Man, The Omega Man, so, uh, I don't know, somehow we kind of predicted, I don't know. Well, with whatever. <laughs> we're doing Candyman because the uh, new Candyman movie, the remake, was supposed to come out uh, next or this month, I guess. Um, but everything is kind of put on hold, I guess. Bam. Mm. It's weird how that happened. So you're, going, you're going from talking about a movie with characters named you say three times to a character you say five times. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend Pods and Monsters. I found them back in April, and I was—I heard about you guys from. Uh, you guys know who Andy DiGenova is? Yes. Yeah. He hosts, yes. I heard about him from through you guys. Actually, he talked about it on one of his many shows. So when I was looking for new podcasts, I was doing some packing my stuff. I gave it a download. 
So awesome. I think I think I think I thank Andy on Facebook for introducing me to you guys. It, it's a great show. I highly recommend it. Um, I haven't seen Omega Man, but I had. I haven't seen Omega Man, but I was, the whole time you guys were talking about that, I think about I Am Legend, of course. But I also seen Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth, which is based off the same story. Which that's a good one. I recommend watching that one. I'm a huge Vincent Price head, though. Yeah, I need to see that one. I've only seen parts of it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm a, I, I have a huge bias against Vincent Price too. In yeah, favor of Vincent Price, so I'll watch anything he's in. Yeah, I love Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, definitely check them out. Pods and Monsters can't can't go wrong. If you love the, especially if you love the classic Universal movies, you don't get a lot of shows to talk about those much anymore either. Mm. What did you guys think? Did you guys see the new Invisible Man yet? Yes, we just watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see it? Oh, I, yeah. I just I watched it last it. week for the first time. Yeah. yeah, we watched it last week. They should have called it the Invisible Suit. <laughs> Pretty much. I was watching my friends, and like, I, you know, I like the original one better, Claude Rain. Yeah, like, I it's, mean, it, it's good. Yeah, it's it's a good yeah. movie. I just don't think it needed to be called the Invisible Man. It's it really has nothing to do with the original story at all. And the Invisible Man, I consider to be one of the best movies ever made. But uh, this one. It's a fine movie, but it's uh, it's not something I'd probably watch again. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be a buy for me. I would I wouldn't buy it, but I enjoyed it. But. Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt too. It was just like if it's on something, I might put it on in the background again. Uh, but it was it was by no means bad. I thought it was going to be like a shit show, um, and I was pleasantly surprised. So that's... was it mummy shit show? Uh, hey, I actually liked the mummy. <laughs> like, In the podcast? Oh. Mummy's tomb? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Tom Cruise, the mummy. Oh, is that what you were talking yeah, about? That's, that's why yeah, that's why Blumhouse took over took it over from Universal. because mummy didn't perform the way they wanted it to, so it oh, shut yeah, down their whole dark wanted, universe they wanted to do. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to do the dark universe. Yeah, the mummy was okay. I didn't hate it, but but I also knew what I was getting myself into with a Tom Cruise movie. Like, there's only so much that he'll do now. So that's where I set my. I was like, okay, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> this is already not going to go how we all want it to go. Let's just enjoy it. And everyone else was mad around me, and I was like, guys, that was fun. <laughs> oh. Now we're getting Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman now, apparently. Yeah. Well, at least he's a he's a monster fan in real life, so that's a yeah, good sign. That that helps if you have somebody that's a fan of the a fan of the of the art. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you think they're really gonna want to cover up his pretty face and his abs, though? <laughs> well, that's what I was telling Anthea. He doesn't have the the look of a wolfman for me. For me, I want someone with a sad-looking face that's a little bit bigger, like a Lon Chaney Jr. or a Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> but he yeah. does kind of fit the mold for, like, a werewolf in London. Yeah. That'd be good. Knowing him, they'd probably make him more of the Jack. You can see yeah. various stages of decaying, uh, decaying Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
Melissa, where can listeners find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Miss Melissa N. I believe it's 25. All lowercase, nothing fancy. And then on uh, Twitter, it's um, Miss, I think, underscore Melissa N. And you can find me there. And where can they find you, Jared? You can find me on the tweets and Instagrams at QCA underscore Mista underscore J. Tribute to the best comic book character of all time, the Joker. Um, <laughs> you can also find us as a podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, United Nations Pod on Instagram and United Nations Podcast on Twitter. And like Pods and Monsters, you can find us also on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on our home uh, network of Podbean. Um, make sure you leave us leave us a review. So far, we have one whole review. <laughs> so that's been carried over since what, December. So most told me before we start recording, if you leave us a five star review, she'll chew on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm leaving it right now. Five stars. These guys are huge nerds. <laughs> So, guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on. We had a blast. We hope you guys can get you guys on again. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Uh, we have a sign-off for, speaking of, we talked about Revenge of the Nerds a few minutes ago. We end every episode by quoting Gilbert Lowe by saying we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. Would you do us the honors of taking us out with that? Uh, what is it again? We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. Okay. Do we have to add the uh in there? Well, that's how he does it in the movie, but uh Okay. Fuck <laughs> you. Totally. Okay. You want to do it? Are we counting it down? I don't know. Are we gonna do it in unison just, magically? Just go for it. <laughs> I need the line to give it to me one more time. We're nerds and uh we're proud of it? We're pretty proud of it. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're, we're nerds, nerds and, and uh, we're, we're pretty, pretty proud, proud of it. it. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was so nerve-wracking. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.